Before we start the program, I want to introduce you to an event that's coming up this August. The Loma Linda Institute of Worship is offering a worship leadership certificate to help leaders and pastors take their congregation's worship experience to the next level. This August 9-12 through 12 event will include presenters Randy Roberts, Adriana Pereira, Nicholas Zork, Wayne Buckner, Richard Hickam, and more, and provide the opportunity to perform on stage with Steve Green and the Heritage Singers. Come sing, pray, write new music, share testimonies and resources, and grow together with like-minded worship leaders from across the world. Go to LLIW.net to register. Whenever Anita and I have technology devices, we call our son Austin. One of the questions we get asked is, have you restarted your device? I've actually been quite amazed at how many issues, how many problems can be fixed by simply restarting. I've come to a conclusion, Anita, that technology is like people. Sometimes we need a restart. So here we are, just having edged into 2021, January 2nd of the year. We've taken two steps into the new year, but it's time to enjoy a restart. Now, we haven't been in the sanctuary able to worship together, can you believe this, for 10 months. 10 months we've been out. We've missed each other. We've yearned for that time when we'll be back together when we'll be able to enjoy worshiping God face-to-face, shoulder-to-shoulder, knee-to-knee. But today, as we step over the threshold into the new year, we participate in a service that allows us to restart, to begin again. So I want to talk to you about this service. There are really two elements to the service. There's the basin and there's the table. We're going to spend some time, first of all, talking about the basin. And we're going to do so from John's Gospel, the 13th chapter. Those of you who are familiar with the Gospels know that John 13 is where we encounter Jesus washing the disciples' feet. It's a rich chapter. It's a chapter full of deep symbolism and meaning. You have to remember how John writes. John writes so that at one level, you understand the literal reality of what happened. But then when you're done reading that, you think, hmm, there's something deeper here as well. There's a great example of that from John 13 toward the end of the chapter. It comes in verse 30. It happens at a time when Jesus has exposed the fact that Judas intends to betray him. And Judas is forced then to make a decision. Anita, I wonder if you'd read that for us. John 13 and verse 30. I read from John 13, verse 30. It says, As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out, and it was night. Now notice what John writes. Judas takes the bread from Jesus. He leaves, and then John simply adds those words, and it was night. It was night. Outside, it was dark. It was the night before the crucifixion. It was literally true. But there's something more than just the darkness of natural night going on here. I love the way Ellen White captures it in the book Desire of Ages. Would you read that quote to us, Anita? Yes. 
In surprise and confusion at the exposure of his purpose, Judas rose hastily to leave the room. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. He then, having received the soap, went immediately out, and it was night. Night it was to the traitor as he turned away from Christ into outer darkness. Until this step was taken, Judas had not passed beyond the possibility of repentance. But when he left the presence of his Lord and his fellow disciples, the final decision had been made. He had passed the boundary line. So notice what Desire of Ages says. Night it was in the heart of Judas. So there you see the example of John writing on two levels. It was night, but it was night. Now it's important to recognize that because of something else John says in this section. It's earlier in the chapter. It is when Jesus has made the decision to wash the disciples' feet, how he enters into that act, and then how he exits that act. So again, I want you to notice this. We'll read, first of all, Anita, John 13, verses 3 and 4. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. Notice how Jesus enters. He got up took off his clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. Now read verse 12. Okay, verse 12 says, When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. So once again, John is writing on the level of what actually happened. Jesus removed his outer clothes and began to minister. And then when he finished ministering, he put it back on and sat down. There are scholars who say we have in that John's references to the incarnation, the service and ministry of Jesus, and then to the time and the moment when he resumed his rightful place. There's deep symbolism unfolding here in this Last Supper. And it surrounds this act of washing the disciples' feet. Now, that was a common act of hospitality. It was expected that when you went to someone's house, someone would wash your feet. It's hard for us to imagine, hard for us to understand that reality, but it was very simple in their world. Footwear was simple. It was either being barefoot or it was having basically a, a slab of leather that your foot rested on and then it was tied to your foot with strands of leather around your ankle and calf. So whenever you got a bath and got ready to go to someone's house, you could be all clean, but walk just a couple of hundred yards down the dusty, grimy road, and by the time you had arrived, your feet were dirty. Your feet might even be filthy. And so, as an act of hospitality, the host provided a servant who would come along and would wash the guest's feet. It was a demeaning task, humiliating. In fact, so deeply demeaning and so deeply humiliating was it that Hebrew slaves could not be forced to do it. Had to be foreign slaves. 
Yet here this night, Jesus takes upon Him the form of a servant and washes their feet. But once again, there's something more going on here than merely the washing of feet. So we go back to John chapter 13, and this time we're going to read verses 10 and 11 to see how Jesus views what's taking place. Anita, would you read that, please? It says, Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that's why he said not everyone was clean. Jesus clearly sees this as more than just a physical cleansing. He's making reference to Judas. He's saying, I've cleaned, I've washed, I've purified each one of you, except one. Even Peter, who had recoiled at what Jesus was doing, he was aghast. Is this the way the Messiah conducts himself? In the form of an abject slave? Not me, Lord, you won't wash my feet. Jesus says, if I don't, you have no part with me. And Peter, in his typical impetuous way, says, then give me an entire bath. Jesus says, no, you don't have to be washed all over. There's probably an understanding beneath that that refers to the baptism that disciples and people had experienced. All I need to do is wash your feet and you're clean. So consider that Jesus is referring not just to the soles of their feet, but to the feet of their souls. He's talking about washing the heart. I've often thought of the act of foot washing as a, well, as a mini rebaptism. It's that experience where we come together as brothers and sisters in Christ, where we wash someone's feet, they wash our feet. It's a simple physical symbol of the washing of sin from our hearts and lives. It's a reminder that Jesus continues to cleanse us. Could be that on the car on the way to worship that morning, the family was stressed out. Angry words were spoken. Tempers were short. And then suddenly they get out of the car and, Happy Sabbath! We're doing great, how are you? But inside they know something is broken down. And then they come to that moment of washing feet. They need it more at that moment than any other time. Could be you come from a week where you have blown it, you have failed. You know in your heart and soul you have not lived up even to your own desires for yourself, not to speak of the expectations God might have, and you yearn for cleansing, to be clean, a restart, just like restarting your device, and now it works. Jesus offers us this fact and this act. He says, you can be clean. You can have a clean start for the new year. As a brother or a sister, 
washes the soles of your feet. Jesus, through His Spirit, washes the feet of your souls. And you are clean. Now, if we were gathered together, Anita, if we were in the sanctuary with, with you, our brothers and sisters in Christ, at this point in the service, we would say, now you can leave and you can go to the rooms in the fellowship hall, in the Sabbath school wing, and you can wash one another's feet. We know you've been asked to prepare for this, so, so we're trusting that they're at home. You have a basin, you have water in which you can participate with someone else. We're going to do that here, Anita and I are. We're going to wash feet. I'm going to wash her feet, but what I'm going to ask Anita to do is while I wash her feet, I'm going to ask her if she would read those first 17 verses of John 13. Because those are the 17 verses that give us a glimpse of the flow of that evening of what it was that Jesus did, of what He did in preparation for participation in that meal. So let me urge you, take that basin, take that water, and wash one another's feet. And Anita, while I wash your feet, if you would read for us those verses of John's 13th chapter. John 13. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from that meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he put water into the basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that has wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, 
you will be blessed if you do them. I love those last words that Jesus speaks. Now, if you know those things, if you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. As part of the foot washing service, we like to pray together and pray that we might experience the peace of God, the cleansing of God, the restarting power of God for a clean start. Can we pray together, Anita? Gracious God, we thank you so much for the grace that you pour into our hearts, that you pour into our lives. We so frequently need and crave your forgiving power and blessing. Lord, you've given us this simple service, simple water, but symbolizing that profound cleansing that only you can give. So cleanse us today. Give us a fresh start. Might we walk with Jesus through this entire year is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was a kid, I can remember being outside doing chores or I preferred to be outside playing. After getting home from school, taking care of homework, we used to run and play and enjoy life. And then I can remember my mom calling us to supper. There was a way that she always called us. She would tell us, come in, wash up, and come to the table. In a much deeper spiritual sense, that's what Jesus calls us to do at His table. Come, let me wash you, and then come to the table. And so that's what we do. We come, we wash, and then we eat. We have here the simple symbols of the Lord's broken body and spilled blood. And we want to invite you to take the symbols that you have there at home. Hold them in your hands while we ask God's blessing on this Lord's Supper celebration. Would you do that for us, Anita, please? Let us pray. Gracious and loving Father, words are insufficient to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for your sacrifice, Jesus. Thank you that today as we celebrate the symbolic moment, Lord, we are reminded of that sacrifice. And because of the gift of your sacrifice, Lord, we can experience a restart, a renewal, Lord, we remember and we long for that day when we will be with you. Today, Lord, we come to receive the blessing of a new start. And we pray over this emblems, Lord, that they would do that, that they would remind us who we are in you, Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I turn to the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 11. 
where Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night when he was betrayed, took bread and broke it and gave it to them, saying, Eat this, all of you. Paul continues on to say, After the same manner also he took the cup after supper and gave it to them and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this each time you drink it in remembrance of me. Drink from it, all of you. So right here at the beginning of the new year, we have had the honor and the privilege of being reminded of the washing, cleansing power of Jesus, but also being reminded of His enlivening, empowering presence in our lives as He nourishes our spiritual journeys. So now, as we go into the new year, Go into it with all the grace and all the power and all the presence of the Holy Spirit in your lives. Rest in His goodness. Walk in His strength. And may God give you a clean start for 2021.